At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Welcome back, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners, as we kick off a new year of the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and certified lipid specialist at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. Do any of your New Year's resolutions involve getting healthier in 2021? A great place to start is a visit with your primary care physician. They not only treat illnesses, but they provide preventative care services and manage the kinds of chronic health conditions associated with greater vulnerability to COVID-19. I recently had the pleasure of hosting an episode of Baptist Health's Resource Live program featuring two experienced primary care physicians, Dr. Kamaljit Kaur and Dr. Maria Ordonez. Here's what they had to say about taking care of your health in 2021. How has the delivery of primary care changed over the last two months? How have you and others adopted, uh, adapted to this pandemic concerns regarding, um, I don't want to get taken care of because I'm afraid of contracting disease, protecting people from getting disease. Let's, let's start with um, 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 you, Maria. Yeah. So hi, everyone. So during this pandemic, you know, one of the big things is we've made the effort and the change to also being able to see patients via telemedicine and we're still available to see them in the clinic. Uh, and there's many things that we are taking precautions in terms of keeping the clinic safe, like you know, screening them, taking their temperature for when do, they do need to come in to be able to see them in person. And what's your experience been, Maria, when you do these telemedicine visits with patients, the engagement through technology, do the patients feel it was a worthy visit? Do they, do they feel like they've accomplished um, a, a good uh, medical evaluation with the provider? Yeah, I think they really appreciate it. I think, and for us, it's also new. So we didn't know, you know, kind of what we were going. And I think for, for both parties, for both involved, I think it's been really good. I think patients really appreciate it because one, of course, the fear of going in, of maybe contracting COVID at this time, even though we're keeping the clinics safe, they don't want to go out riding the car or their bus or however they get to the clinic. So I think the the convenience of doing them either in their home or their place of work has been really great for them. Um, and being able to even, you know, we can order labs and then they go do them in the lab. We can send their medications. We can do as best evaluation we can via video. Um, so I think patients really, really are satisfied and pleased that they can access um, telemedicine. So Kyla, how, how, what are you seeing in primary care practices, uh, certainly in the Baptist area, uh, maybe even nationwide trends? How um, We've talked before in, in programs how quickly telehealth and telemedicine has been adapted. What percentage of the doctors or primary care doctors' visits can be appropriately applied in telemed? And then can we talk about what are the kind of visits that maybe wouldn't be appropriate for, for telemedicine? Absolutely. So just like Maria was referring to, we are able to see a great majority of conditions and concerns uh, over telemedicine. And I know initially this seemed a little odd to patients and to providers who are new to the to these types of visits, because essentially we're primary care physicians. Not only do we want to see our patients in person, but having that body language uh, helps us create that rapport with our patient and fosters those long-term relationships. So that is very important. But as we've learned, and as Maria said, we're able to do that still on telemedicine and um, engage with our patients. And, you know, what's even better is sometimes patients are able to see us while they're at home. And that provides for a little bit more of a personal experience. We get into some things that maybe we wouldn't have in the in-person visit. 
Um, and as you said, there are certain times, so when patients, as much as we want to do telemedicine and, um, and, and you know, not only for their convenience, but to help uh, reduce risk of transmission and contracting the virus, there are times when we need to see them in person, such as if they're having significant respiratory or cardiac complaints, or even gastrointestinal symptoms, or sometimes even if they have a rash and, and unfortunately the video quality isn't great. So instead of uh, continuing the visit over telemedicine, bringing them into the office for a thorough evaluation is more appropriate. Do you let family members in the telemedicine visit sometimes? Uh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's at the end of the day, it is, we are here to guide and help our patients. So if our patient is comfortable having their son, grandchild, aunt, caregiver, um, you know, anybody who they're comfortable with join in on the visit, we are, we, we uh, encourage that. And absolutely, it also sometimes provides us information that otherwise we would not have been aware of. That's great. You know, we use masks and gowns where appropriate, and we call them, you know, the personal protection equipment. And arguably the best personal protection equipment is to do a telemedicine visit. And then you don't have to worry about the exposures. Um, let's talk about the importance of, of a primary care doctor relationship from a continuity of care. We see a lot of people that mostly because they're feeling fairly well or may not recognize they have a need, don't have a primary care doctor. They might use an urgent care if they need something, an emergency room, which arguably is expensive and, and uh, you know, have other problems. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's that real importance of having a primary care doctor. What do people get in that relationship and, and in that service that would be missed otherwise by using ad hoc, uh, you know, uh, like urgent cares and whatnot? Um, Tommy, you want to refer, you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And, and I think I can best describe it by referring to that old saying that the best treatment is prevention. Um, you know, a lot of times, most of the conditions and problems that uh, arise in healthcare are preventable, either by simple means as a healthy diet, healthy exercise, routine blood tests, routine screenings. Uh, if we do those as indicated, then a lot of times we can prevent those diseases and those ad hoc visits to urgent care or to emergency room, which sometimes not only are unnecessary, but can also be very expensive for the patient as well. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's a great point. We talk about prevention and you don't prevent something in someone who's acutely ill. You take a person who looks and feels well and says, there's something going on that could cause a problem in the future that's preventable. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. when you want to um, um, get to those people, to get to those right. uh, um, people. Um, Maria, a little bit um, um, more on that. Can we talk about you know, the gratification as well as the ability when a patient trusts you and you know about that patient more than just their medical conditions, how you can better make decisions for that person, better you know, uh, support any kind of medical issues that might come into play? As primary care, we have the benefit of seeing them you know, uh, many times, or even if it's sometimes once a year, not only catching their early symptoms, if we're trying to like uh, prevent disease or detect disease early, but also getting to know them. Also many of us see family members. So you also get to know like their family structure, right? Anxiety or stressors that they have at home, um, you know, what they do for their jobs or exposures. So getting to know the patient as a whole really plays a big role in their health. And for us to um, work as a team with them in their overall health. Is it fair to say when you know a patient and you know their history and you know their concerns by the relationship and they come in with something, you're better able to make an informed decision about what they need versus they pop up somewhere and no one knows them. And it's let's just get a whole bunch of stuff because how important is that when you, when you're, when you know a patient, when you're making that informed decision in their care? Right, definitely. Because like, for example, some patients have like recurrent symptoms that we can help them deal with. So if they if they're seen once, let's say in the urgent care, they're going to run all the tests or in the ER that maybe a primary physician has already done. 
and can sometimes reassure the patient, look, we already did this test, we already did this, I can show you, but if you have any symptom, let's then do another test or let's try this medication or this lifestyle change. And that way they don't have to get separate different testing or expensive testing. And when you build that relationship, then you can work together. So having that yeah. relationship with the primary care doctor over time period provides that benefit. Let's talk a little bit about chronic disease management, things like diabetes, hypertension, Someone doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I, I feel terrible. I must be diabetic. Let, let's talk about both how we address those in primary care, but let's also pull it into COVID a little bit. There's been a lot of reports that these chronic conditions make a person more likely to have a bad course if they have COVID. Is this something that you're bringing into your conversations with both patients and uh, in your practices and to others in the community? Um, Kamal, can you, can you address how you're handling um, or how you're referring to these chronic conditions? Yes. So as you mentioned, one of the first and foremost things that we like to advise our patients is that no matter what the chronic condition is, especially if you're taking medications for it and you're requiring routine blood work to monitor the stability of the condition, it's important to make sure that it is well controlled so that if you do contract the coronavirus or even the flu virus, your system is at optimi it's optimized and ready to fight that infection. Conditions like diabetes, uh, chronic heart disease, chronic renal disease, chronic liver disease, these all do suppress your immune system and make it difficult to fight any kind of infection. So absolutely, it is most important during this time to make sure that your underlying conditions are well controlled and the med medications you're taking are appropriate and your blood work shows that as well. So uh, definitely we encourage our patients to please continue con connecting with us. And uh, as we mentioned, telemedicine is a great way to do it. It's convenient and we can do it as often as the patient likes and make sure that you know we're both um, going in the right direction. The point is, if you're afraid of going to the office, you can start with a telemed visit and that can determine, hey, listen, we really need to take you know, lay eyes on you, touch you versus I think we can handle this without it. So not getting care at all should not be the option that you choose if you're concerned. So come, can you speak to number one, are you able to, um, have you seen patients who kind of waited too long? How have we defined that? And secondly, can you talk a little bit about in the medical practices where a patient does come in, what they can expect in terms of being protected and how we're not seeing uh, transmission of the virus through the medical practices? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, as Maria was saying, we have seen patients that uh, maybe it's a little too late or they waited too long to address their concern or their symptom. Um, but again, I think people are becoming more cognizant of telemedicine. And as that's happening, uh, that that is happening less and less that patients are coming in too late. Um, but on the other hand, we are still in office, we're still in clinic, and we're still here to see you and care for the community. We've taken every protocol set forth by the CDC and Florida Department of Health. And I mean, I remember in the very beginning, um, even for a week or so, our offices were actually completely closed so we can prepare to safely uh, allow patients to come back in with uh, you know, minimal fear of contracting the virus. At this point in time, uh, you know, nine months later, we're, we're pretty much pros at it. Uh, we have the protocol set forth. We have hand sanitizers almost every couple of feet. We have social distancing markers on the floor uh, where patients can guide themselves as, as far as how to stand from each other. We have plexiglass in front of the reception areas. And then once, once they come back into the clinical areas and the rooms, um, you know, everybody has the appropriate PPE on. Uh, we do ask our patients to wear masks that we provide for them. Uh, they can certainly come to the office with their own masks, but we do also provide masks for them to wear while they're in the facility. Um, and, and all those protocols are being taken as well as screening uh, questions as well. So that we make sure that patients who, though we still want to care for them, but if they're having symptoms of COVID or they've been recently exposed, then we can guide them to a more appropriate uh, center for care. Um, let's switch back to a little bit of prevention. And specifically, we talk about, let's say, screenings and immunizations. 
prevention. I got a person who looks well and feels well in front of me. What would I be thinking? What do I got to do to keep them looking well and feeling well? You know, for, for many years, we've been, we, the, the philosophy has been, you know, I'll go see my doctor when I'm sick. And now we actually say, we want you to see your doctor when you're healthy to help keep you healthy, maintain that, not wait for a problem. So let's talk a little bit about prevention and early detection. Um, how do you approach a patient who may come in saying, you know, feel good, just, just want to be around for a while? Um, um, you know, uh, Maria, I'll start with you. Depends on their age, right? We look at their ages and like different prevention um, testing and uh, procedures that we do. But uh, the big thing, right, we start with, you know, diet, exercise, lifestyle, uh, how are they doing with stress, right? They're like their overall picture. We take a good medical history, right? So their family history is important, right? Like what, what their parents have, or like if there's any cancer, blood pressure, diabetes. So we look at your blood pressure, your um, heart rate, your oxygen levels. So just baseline, right? Um, and so that helps us guide us through, um, right? Talking about all the um, uh, preventive things. So also depending on their age, we're going to do basic blood tests, right? Like look at their, um, you know, basic exams, right? I always explain to patients like white blood cells, red blood cells, your platelets, right? And then checking for your kidney, your liver, uh, your urine, right? Uh, cholesterol. So we do all the basic exams. And then depending on their age, right? Let's say when you're getting closer to 50, right? Do you need a colonoscopy? Um, for females always, right? The pap smear. So all the preventive things that we can do proactively to keep you um, healthy. We talked about screenings in terms of testing looking for preventable uh, disease. Uh, um, what about immunizations? How, how is our community doing? What are the efforts we're doing in primary care to make sure people stay up on their immunizations as well as what's the importance of that? Kamal, you can, you, can, you can address that to start. Yeah, so part of the annual examination is making sure that no matter your age, your immunizations are up to date depending on your health conditions, your age. Um, and if they're not, then you know we work together to see how we can get you that immunization. Uh, many of them are available in our offices and when they're not, we do help guide you to get them. Um, immunizations are uh, a great way to prevent disease, of course. And I know sometimes people are apprehensive because certain immunizations uh, contain uh, you know, virus components, so they're afraid of actually getting the disease or side effects. But most, if not all, of these immunizations have been thoroughly studied. The safety profiles we're familiar with, but the effectiveness, it's always harm versus benefit, right? That's all, as doctors, we're always uh, doing stuff that's more beneficial than harmful to our patients. And these immunizations definitely fall into the more benefit than harm category. Right. Um, Maria, um, I want to expand on something you mentioned in response to a previous question. When you mentioned the kind of discussions that a primary care doctor has with a patient regarding exercise and diet, lifestyle, you mentioned stress, sleep. Let's get into the, the, the stress important a little bit, mental health issues. Um, as mm -hmm. part of a, a, a regular primary care visit, as well as the relationship with the primary care doctor, speak to a little bit how important it is to, um, to talk to people and get them for you to be able to identify for the the patient to be able to identify um, various mental health issues. What are the more common ones that we can help people with um, in uh, through primary care or relationships and visits? Right, definitely. Um, well, always in the clinic, you know, as part of every visit, we, we do a screening for depression. It's called a PHQ-2. It's just two simple questions that they answer. Um, you know, of how they've been feeling. Of course, if they say yes, then it prompts to a longer 
questionnaire, mainly uh, screening for depression and how they're feeling. And I think during this time, especially during COVID, we have seen a, you know, a rise in anxiety, depression, right? A lot of people feeling lonely, um, that they have to stay at home, right? Stress and worry. I think a lot of people have allowed themselves during COVID to say, you know, I need some help. This is how I've been feeling. Um, and that allows us to ask more questions, right? And talk about the different options, right? Can we do, can we do therapy, right? Behavioral therapy. Can we do some changes right at home with sleep and stressors? Um, are we gonna talk about medication and start it with medication? So um, are we gonna um, you know, enlist the help of a psychiatrist or a consultant? So I think there's many things we can do. Um, there are some questions that have come in. Fortunately, we've answered most of them in our dialogue. The big one, of course, which I think we all get personally daily is, you know, where can I get the vaccine? Will it be my primary care doctor? But the reality is there's not enough vaccines to go away. The state distributes every place that gets vaccines, handling things a little bit differently. Uh, at Baptist, we are doing an incredible job with well over 1,200 vaccines a day to our front care healthcare workers uh, and staff opening up to the community. Um, stay tuned. We're not planning right now. Well, I shouldn't say we're not able right now to distribute them to the primary care offices. We'll see where it goes down the road. And if you want a resource, you can go online to baptisthealth.net forward slash coronavirus, one word, forward slash vaccine. That's baptisthealth.net forward slash coronavirus slash vaccine. Um, you guys have been great. Any final comments before we wrap up? Anything we missed or anything you want to uh, emphasize or reiterate? Absolutely. I would like to echo on everything that we've been saying and encourage our community to reach out to us, whether it's for an annual visit or for an acute concern that you have. We are here to take care of you, whether it's in person or, or via telemedicine. Um, so I would just want them to know that we're here. Thank you. If you'd like to watch the full episode of Resource Live, there's a link in the notes for this podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for topics for the podcast, email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and mask up. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.